Welcome to Give Me One Reason. I am here with Jennifer and Colleen, two amazing students I've gotten to meet this semester, and they wanted to talk to me. So actually, right now there's something going on on campus. Do you want to tell me what you saw, Jennifer? Yes, so I was having class in one of our business buildings, and just outside there was a group of protesters who were protesting abortion. Mm -hmm. And they were screaming in microphones, they had pamphlets they were handing out to students, and they were obviously trying to display the point that they're completely against abortion. Mm -hmm. I was walking with one of my friends who is from Cameroon, and she was handed a specific pamphlet that says, this is for you. And she opened it and it said, abortion is slavery. Mm. And they were just handing over these pamphlets to the black community here. And then they were saying, if you believe in abortion, you are going to hell. And it is not the Christian They actually thing. said that? They did say that. And they said that oh, you should demonstrate Christian values and that we do not support abortion. You're going to go to hell if you do this. So it was very hard to listen and watch because that is, A, not what... Christian community would do and mm -hmm. publicly berate someone, mm -hmm. but it was also very offensive to many students on campus, not mm -hmm. just part of the black community or mm -hmm. not just part of the student community, but it was very eminent that it was a very toxic atmosphere that has caused a lot of problems mm -hmm. and is still continuing to cause problems. So they were yelling. Yeah. Yes, they, they have microphones, bullhorns, and photos. Yes. Oh, <laughs> like wow. giant, I think it's what, four by three pictures, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. uh, photos of, of um, mm -hmm. you know, babies that aren't quite born yet mm -hmm. and yeah. some that are a little bit more graphic than that. And Were they actually having real conversation with people? There was attempted conversation uh, specifically between the Black Student Union I saw, mm -hmm. um, several reporters, one was from Fox, I believe, and then one student mm -hmm. reporter, and then um, several professors and students trying to engage. Mm -hmm. um, from what I saw, mm -hmm. the attempted conversation led to yelling every time. Um, it seemed that the protesters did not want to have a casual conversation, mm. and it was more for demonstration and mm. show. Okay. And uh, many people were commenting, if you need a megaphone and a bullhorn to make a point, should you be making that point? Mm. Um, so for me, it seemed, at least from what I saw, that yeah. there was no respectful and clear conversation mm -hmm. and dialogue between two people or a group of people, which is very easily done, if Absolutely. you're both clear. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think that, uh, wow, I wish they would represent themselves in a better way, no matter, you know, because one thing about college is you guys seem pretty open to other people's viewpoints. Oh, of so course. So it's yeah. not like you wouldn't be willing to have a conversation and maybe even have your mind change if somebody could show you a good reason to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's sad to me that they don't give you that much credit. It is a learning institution, and like yeah. you said, we're, we're all willing to learn new things. Yeah. That's why we're here, because we don't know everything. Mm -hmm. And from my personal experience, I've had conversations with people from every different part of the world, different religions, different philosophies, different mm -hmm. viewpoints, and it has always been a very nice, clear conversation. And mm -hmm. I do learn more, and I add that mm -hmm. to who I am, and I can understand a little bit more about the world in that way. Yeah. But when you can't even have a conversation, it just... It, truly deters that experience of Absolutely. learning and, and trying to see another viewpoint because that's so important in today's world. Yeah, and then they don't even get their mission accomplished, nope. no. which is to change hearts and minds. How do you do that if you're screaming at somebody? You know, your heart isn't going to change. Even if they were, let's say they're right for the lack of sake of argument, let's say they were 100% correct. 
if their approach is like that, there's they would never make any headway. No. No. So it's really it's it's sad. I, I, if we get done in time, I'm gonna go over there. Not that I can do anything. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting. I think I, what I would do is I would try to talk to them about their approach. I remember my first gay pride parade. Oh. I had a, I really hadn't been to one before two years ago, and I remember having an argument with somebody when I saw this Facebook post. It had a man in underwear hugging a protester but the protester across the fence wasn't like god hates fags it was like we're sorry for the way the church is treating yes. you have you ever seen that photo yeah, it, I have. and they it went viral and the guy actually had on his tidy whities and he was hugging <laughs> and it was just a beautiful picture so i remember putting that on my facebook and then somebody gave me a hard time and i said you know what if my only ministry i had the rest of my life was going to gay pride parades and representing the other p- part yep i would be honored well, show a different side of Christianity or whatever. Yeah. It was funny because somebody said, well, why don't you go then? I said, I haven't had a chance, you know. Yeah. So two weeks later, we were in Hawaii, my husband and I, for our vacation. And it was Pride weekend. And we ended up accidentally, quote unquote, I think God planned it, honestly, booking our Airbnb on top of the oldest gay bar in Waikiki Beach. Oh, my God. And all night it was boom, 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 boom. Oh, that's boom, beautiful. Yeah. And the owner, I fell in love with him. He was adorable. And he gave me my first, um, what do people drink over there? Mai Tais, I think. Oh, yeah. oh my God. I had no idea. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, luckily, the, my room was right above the bar because my husband had to basically pour me into the elevator and pour me into our room. <laughs> but um, it was funny because the guy was like, oh, you're from mainland and let me buy you drinks. So, he was really sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, the next day, there was a pride parade. And I had just said, I wish I could go to a pride parade. Yeah. So there was a man there that said, that was had a bullhorn, and he was screaming and he was going, he had a big sign that said, neither idolaters, whoremongers, homosexuals, you know, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And it is a verse, okay? And I'm very familiar with that verse. And the reason I'm familiar with it is I had some friends who had a ministry called Such Were. Because the very next verse says... Such were some of you, but you've all been washed in the blood of the Lamb. In other words, all of us have lied. All of us have done things. And that when, when yeah. Jesus said, I don't mean to be preaching this quickly into the interview, especially <laughs> with people that don't believe that, but Jesus said, it's, um, if you even look at a woman, it's adultery. And what he was oh, yeah. doing it was to like kind of level the playing field. Like you can't set yourself up as better yep. as somebody else. So the next verse after this one they had in their board is, such were some of you, but you've all been wa- you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. So in other words, we're right with God because of Jesus, not because we're an adulterer or whoremonger. So I said, hey, do you know the next verse? And he puts this aside, he goes, what are you talking to me about? I'm busy. And I said, do you know the next verse right after the verse on your sign? Yeah. It says, you used to be this, but you're not anymore. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but it was just really crazy that how it was such an angry thing. But, man, keep reading, dude. You know, it's it's a little bit different than what you're... That's actually the part that does frustrate me mm-hmm. about um, the you know, the word, the, the Bible, is people have used it so many times mm-hmm. against others to discriminate against, to, mm-hmm. to, to hate against, and... Nowhere in there is that actually the the whole theme of it anyway. Because no, it's to be a decent human being, to be a good person to your fellow man. Mm-hmm. Like, 
why would you use these words that are supposed to be of love to hate? Mm-hmm. And that, that makes me mad that so many people do that. And it, it, it diminishes the if for me in a way. And for me, the problem is that it's, it's a book written in cultural times, right? It's a very old oh, book. Yeah. So we know how even in just non-religious atmospheres or cultures, I'm sorry, in non-religious cultures, women have been suppressed, slavery was legal, all these things. So we could use the Bible to even support slavery because it was a part of that culture. And so people have, right? Mm -hmm. Even though it's morally so wrong, we've used the Bible to keep women in a certain place, which is morally wrong, but we use the Bible to do that. There's so many things that the Bible can be used as a a bat on people. And so many kind of horrible things that are hard to explain and so for me I've just tried to rescue these red letters out of this book you know has become my mission because I can't really defend the rest of it mm-hmm. you know because my heart doesn't say yeah that makes sense you know how sometimes you can hear something and your heart goes yeah yep. and then you hear something and your heart goes no your, your <laughs> wow. bullshit factor goes way <laughs> your meter your meter goes bing ding ding so tell me background. Um, Jennifer, you start. What is your background spiritually or whatever? So my background is I grew up as part of a Christian church and community. Mm-hmm. My entire family did. So for a good portion of my life, I attended private school. Um, I am originally from New York, and I moved to Wisconsin. So wow. Yeah, yeah <laughs> quite quite a move. Yeah. And to join a Christian fellowship, church, mm-hmm. whatever you would like to call it. I attended from kindergarten until sixth grade, where during that time period, I learned a lot that contradicted my own views of Christianity just from what my mother and my father taught me. I was always told, love like you want others to love you. Treat other people with respect the same that you would like to be treated. Very, very ideological forms of love and what it meant to be Christian. And I attended um, this private school and I was met with a lot of bullying and harassment just for some of the things that I believed in and th- and other beliefs that I had that maybe weren't held within the church. So I had a confrontation with our pastor and as a child, one of the biggest questions you ask is why? So I said, you know, why why do you believe this? And instead of getting an answer that I thought was going to be a casual explanation, I was instead met with beratement from this pastor saying, why are you questioning? You are a woman. We don't question in this church. How dare you? So then my parents were involved. So uh, sixth grade. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I was a troublemaker, right? Mm-hmm. And after our conversation, which included a lot of back and forth uh, from this pastor tearing down just what it meant to me and my family to be a Christian and the very basic values that are inscribed in the Bible of love and treating others with respect, as I've said before, um, ended with complete disagreement and I was excommunicated from the church. In sixth grade? In sixth grade. Oh my gosh. Um, my mother and my father were also, as well as my older sister, mm. and it ended up being that uh, there was a serious bullying incident um, while I was finishing up that sixth grade year. I was pushed on the ice and I blacked out and I had a pretty serious concussion. Oh. So my mom ended up just pulling me mm-hmm. at that moment. I finished everything in sixth grade and I attended public school. I was mm-hmm. the first in my family to attend public school. And for a period of my point after the excommunication, I was 
extremely disappointed because I felt Mm -hmm. like I didn't have a faith community Mm -hmm. and for me it was always something that I grew up in Mm -hmm. and it was almost earth-shattering for me but my family would go to different churches and we'd try and find you know someone we could talk to about this but unfortunately a lot of these churches were connected in that same synod and Mm -hmm. we were publicly shamed Mm -hmm. we were humiliated we were told that we were the devil and that we had no place in heaven So I went a few years without honestly having a church community with my family, and we did personal Bible studies, and it truly brought my family very close together. And I think it was such an important part of my Mm -hmm. development as a Christian, what Mm -hmm. I consider myself to be as a Mm -hmm. Christian. And it honestly instilled a lot of basic values that I think are important in the Bible. Um, Mm -hmm. Love, treating others kindly, Mm -hmm. being open and having conversations, and just understanding that you are loved and you Mm -hmm. are forgiven. So uh, I hit about my sophomore year of high school Mm -hmm. and I met a wonderful, wonderful woman, one of my mom's friends who had come over from time to time to talk with us. And she had talked with me about attending some Bible study forums for people my age who had gone through something similar. Mm -hmm. And I attended these meetings and I was so scared at first because I thought it was going to be the uh, sixth grade uh, Mm post-traumatic stress Mm -hmm. (laughs) situation from last time. And it ended up being kids and family members who went through the same thing. Mm. And it was an eye-opening experience. All these people believed the same things that I did. Mm -hmm. They were almost persecuted for lack of better better words Mm -hmm. for these beliefs Mm -hmm. and spiritual abuse basically yeah Yeah. and Mm -hmm. it made I I just specifically remember that moment when I said this is correct my Mm -hmm. heart knew that this was correct Mm -hmm. I did nothing wrong Mm -hmm. and I I felt terrible because what that church was putting forward was what Christians were being seen as in the community Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's not that's not what it's about So fast forward a few years, I'm going to be going into college. I was very excited and two weeks before I showed up at my university, uh, I was given a call, my dad was, at about 9.45 saying that my aunt and uncle were murdered. Were murdered? Yes. Wow. Um, Whoa. It was a moment in my life where I think... I lost it for about two minutes. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a joke at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the first time I saw my dad cry. And that, oh that was what made it sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, I called off work. I drove in with my parents, all kind of in the state of shock. And for the next three days, what ensued was funeral preparations, uh, ministers from all over coming over, and just a plethora of of hardships that Mm -hmm. faced. Mm -hmm. I was so confused. I thought I had finally reached a point in my faith where I understood what was happening in life. And for that to happen just made me think, you know, why why did that happen? Mm -hmm. And I was so frustrated. I had to help identify the bodies, Mm -hmm. which was extremely hard. I mean, there there are corpses that just don't look like what you imagine them to be. I had to go to a church which yeah. was part of the synod that persecuted me for my beliefs. I had to listen to the spiel mm-hmm. that, you know, they're in a, a better place mm-hmm. and they didn't suffer at all, which oh. was which was false. They were they were hit 
on their bikes by a 16-year-old who was intoxicated and under the influence of drugs at that time and was texting. Mm-hmm. And then ensued a trial while I started mm-hmm. my first few weeks here at school. And I was contacted, obviously for last name references, um, by reporters and people within the community that were giving me death threats because we were going after this child and how mm. it wasn't the Christian thing to do to go after a boy of 16. And what ended up happening at the end of a very long trial process was nothing happened to this, this child. Um, there was reparation payments made to my two cousins mm. um, whom my aunt and uncle left behind who are oh older and finishing college and had a career, a very stable career. But it was it was very hard. And I remember for that first year, I was just so distraught. I, I lost a lot of my faith in that moment. And then I remember I had a conversation with my mom. And we were sitting outside, and it was such a beautiful day out, and we were talking about it. And all of a sudden, just this huge wave of monarch butterflies flew by. And mm-hmm. monarchs were my aunt's favorite, favorite animal. Oh. And at that moment, I just... I felt my heart open and I, I understood. I understood that I am still loved. They are in a better place. And I specifically turned to my old Bible study um, mm-hmm. book that I had and I opened up to a pretty big section that I had always been confused about and studied that talked about death mm-hmm. and that talked about how God gives his hardest battles to his most devout believers. And I realized that this experience for me honestly reaffirmed my faith because it's not God's job to prevent bad things from happening. Mm -hmm. It's how we take that experience and move forward and help other people who have experienced the same thing Mm -hmm. to give them a friend when they're confused, just like I was confused in the sixth grade about what happened. Mm -hmm. And I started to talk openly for the first time about it, and I met several of my good friends now Mm -hmm. that had been through something similar. Mm -hmm. And one of my very good friends who now lives with me, I remember she broke down because something similar actually happened with her sister. And she was having a really hard time coming to terms with her anger, Mm -hmm. and I I had a a very weird dream that night, and it was just a dream, like, I don't know if it was from my aunt, or I don't know if it was from an angel, Mm -hmm. but it said, talk. And I just woke up feeling so light, and I felt like I was reaffirmed in myself, and it ended up being that we talked openly together, we opened up our Bibles together, Mm -hmm. and I I felt good. Mm -hmm. And I kind of realized that this was my job to help other people, Mm -hmm. And for me, I realized that faith isn't something that can be instilled within a church. Mm-hmm. A church is just a body that was created yep. politically to bring yeah. people together. Yeah. And mm-hmm. through time, it, all those beliefs change. Yeah. But for me, faith and mm-hmm. what being a Christian is to me is about showing that love mm-hmm. and that acceptance and that willingness to help others that that Jesus showed mm-hmm. and that God showed in my opinion mm-hmm. to everyone from all different backgrounds mm-hmm. who believe all different things and seeing what we can learn from other people and bring it into our own life. So for mm-hmm. me, I don't regret my experience. Mm-hmm. It was hard, but 
I feel very reaffirmed in who I am. And it may not be the typical version of a Christian, what people think, mm-hmm. but to me, that is that is what I consider myself, and that's my background. That's beautiful, honey. Thank you for sharing that. Wow.